Good afternoon, everybody. Uh, my name is Nathan Ness. I'm a senior staff SE on the uh, Kubernetes team at VMware. And today I'm going to talk about uh, Git or version control for uh, infrastructure, right? So a lot of people use standardized tools like Terraform or Ansible. And um, you know, if you want to track those changes, you would use something like uh, GitHub or GitLab or some type of version control system. And so I'm just going to go over the kind of the introductory of basics and, and very common um, Git commands uh, to use just to kind of version your infrastructure as code as you uh, progress down this. So uh, what, it, what is it? It's a distributed version control. It allows the coordination of work between different developers or different platform operators or infrastructure teams. Uh, that can collaborate and commit and not step on each other's toes as far as what's happening uh, within a single source control repository. Uh, you can revert back at any time, so if you make a change, um, it's, it's obviously self-documenting by the bare nature of committing the code and creating these snapshots. Uh, and you can use either this on local uh, or local and remote repositories. So you don't need an internet connection to use Git. You just need to install it. You can have all of your repos be completely uh, local if you want. You don't have to push them uh, out to a remote repository. Even though if you're if you're collaborating with uh, other other folks on your team, then you would use a remote repository to push uh, and make sure that you're not you know stepping on each other's toes and have that single source of truth uh, stored in some remote location. So it keeps track of code. Like I said, we can create these snapshots in time at any point that uh, you want by making a commit. Uh, and that will just basically take whatever's in that um, commit message and create that snapshot, which allows you to, again, then to revert back at any time, look at the changes that were made from an auditing perspective. Uh, and you can also you know, stage the files prior to committing and show like a, a difference. So you can see what's uh, attempted to be committed uh, what the changes are before you commit them uh, to your head repository or working space. So kind of the, uh, the benefits, you never lose your work. Uh, it's always tracked. You always get this uh, great history. You get blamed for bugs, right? It's built into it. So you can see like who did what and why did the system go down or up or, you know. Um, Impacting new features without uh, impacting production with uh, the use of branching, which, would, which we'll uh, go over. And uh, collaboration, right? The ability to work as a team into like a single repository or a single branch uh, and have all of that being tracked. Uh, and again, without the, the stepping on each other's toes is, is huge, right? If, if you guys are doing duplicating work uh, and try to push that to a remote repository, you're going to see a conflict there. Uh, and you can resolve that conflict on the right, all right, who's right, uh, and merge that in uh, safely. For the managers, you get documentation, right? I mean, everyone, I think, um, requires this, even though it's probably the last thing that's talked about or even discussed. You know, it's never documented properly. Version control is, is documentation by nature. So I'm a huge fan of things like Terraform and CICD and, and driving infrastructure through code uh, because you can tell the exact way that the underlying system uh, was provisioned uh, and was installed. Uh, because that file, whatever it is, whether it's a Terraform file or whether it's a parameters file in a CICD pipeline, that's exactly how the end system was provisioned. And so you kind of have that single source of truth 
uh, as long as you remain on that track and don't do any like out of band changes, right? So if, unless you're doing something out of band, you're always going to have that documented uh, system, right? So for new team members, maybe someone left, uh, they can actually just go back to the, the repo and see exactly how everything has been provisioned. They may have to get used to uh, a new tool set, but at least within that tool set, everything is, is documented. Uh, progress tracking, so you can see you know, who's doing what and when. Uh, obviously, with every commit, you can kind of see a graph. It, GitHub graphs it for you around how much you're committing, the number of commits that you're making a day, uh, and kind of gives you this nice progress around what's being uh, done. Uh, it's super easy to get started with it. Like I said, you don't even have to have a, a GitHub or a GitLab account. You can do everything locally if you want. It's not very common. Um, but in, on a Mac, you can just say brew install git, uh, Ubuntu, app git, Red Hat, CentOS, or you know, yum. Uh, and then on a Windows box, you SSH into Linux or a Mac, and then uh, do what's above. I'm just kidding. It, obviously, Windows supports uh, git as well. So let's, let's kind of talk through the, the workflows of Git. And again, uh, I'm going to talk about 1% of Git, but it's, it's absolutely the most common uh, commands that, that I use personally uh, in my lab environment and with customers uh, as well. So uh, on a local computer, when you actually create a repository, this is actually what's being created kind of under the covers. So you don't necessarily see these folders minus the working directory. Um, and so then, also, when you create uh, or when you want to push into a, a remote repo, then you can actually create the remote repository as well or sync with what's on your local computer. But essentially, there's these three spaces. Uh, the working directory is what you're changing code in uh, as well. Uh, there's an index that acts as just, uh, just that. It's just a staging environment. And we'll get through what commands actually add uh, into the staging environment. And then head is where your last commit is stored. Right? Uh, like, I, like I said, the only thing that you're probably going to interact with, you know, you don't really see index, you don't really see head, uh, you're just going to interact with the working directory in the workspace, typically. Okay. So to check out one, uh, most of you, you know, if you've used Git in the past, you've probably done this and like cloned a repo, right? So I can say git clone, which is going to basically uh, grab the uh, remote repository and then clone it into your working space. So that allows you to work on it locally on your laptop. Uh, and then also, if you, need, if you own that um, repository uh, remotely, uh, you can also work on it locally and then push back up into the remote repo to push all your uh, changes. So to create a local repository, if I want to create this um, you know, local repo, I can just say git init. And in this particular case, I'm creating a repository called Network Profiles. Uh, and this will create that directory structure. So if you look at that saying git init, this is on my local laptop here. Uh, it's actually going to create a directory called Network Profile and uh, initialize that repo with those three spaces. Okay. So as we're adding files to the Network Profiles repo, um, I when you, when you start adding files, they go into basically what's called an untracked state, meaning you're not tracking them in, uh, in underneath version control. You actually have to add the files uh, to Git in order for Git to track them. Okay? So 
After they've been added, then you can do your commit and you can uh, attach a message to it like, hey, this is the change I'm doing, some very small message that says uh, changing network profiles, adding a load balancer, so on and so forth. Uh, whatever type of code that you're tracking, just put in a simple change message to kind of go through like an audit around, you know, uh, maybe it's tied to a particular change request uh, in your CMDB. You could add that into the commit message as well. Uh, and then obviously, if we do want to push that remotely, we can push it to the remote repository. Right? So it's as simple as that. As when I do a git add, it adds it into index. When I do a git commit, that puts it into head. Right? And then when I do a git push, it's going to push that, those local changes to that remote repo. And you repeat that workflow over and over. So the, the kind of the goal here is to make uh, a lot of smaller commits, not necessarily do a whole bunch of changes uh, and then and then do a, one massive commit because it's going to be really hard to try and let's say you're testing something and it's not working so you'll want to test something commit it try try the code out if it if it works great if it doesn't then you can do repeat this process again right but the goal is not to have make a whole bunch of changes and then make this massive commit into the repo it's certainly allowed you can make these snapshots whenever you want but the more snapshots you have the easier it is to roll back to a known good state. And we can talk about um, branching here in a second to, to even be more safe uh, in this regard. So when we add files, right, we can, again, we create these files. And here I'm in, uh, creating a readme file, right? It's just going to be uh, basic documentation for uh, the repo. Basically, every repository has a readme.md which explains the repository's purpose. Um, but when I create the file and say git status, you can see that readme is not being tracked. So I actually do have to add it into uh, a track state for git. And it's a simple git add command. So I can git add particular files and cherry pick them. Uh, or I can say git add dot, and that will add every file in that uh, directory to be tracked. And now you can see that I can say git status again, and you can see that I have a new file that's going to be tracked uh, underneath my Git repository. And that's going to add it to the index, so kind of that middle layer there. Okay. So now that it's in index, uh, I need to commit it. And I can, and again, that committing it is going to make that particular snapshot uh, with uh, a message. Right? So again, we can just say git commit uh, a message which is saying, hey, I added a readme file, all right? Which will then push those changes and make that snapshot in time and put them into head, all right? Uh, creating the remote repository, there's several ways to do this. I can either uh, do it via the CLI, uh, via like a curl command, which is uh, using GitHub's API. Uh, or I can just go more simply and go to github.com, log in, uh, and say I want a new repository, and you can initialize it with whatever you want. Um, I should note, like, there's some files that you don't want to be tracked, right? So there's some, like, for instance, if you use Terraform uh, in your environment, you don't want to track TF state. Uh, it's typically not a file that uh, is tracked, or TF state backup. Uh, so GitHub allows you to create what's called a git ignore uh, file inside your repo, and it will always ignore that type of file. So I don't have to cherry pick. So I can say git add dot, which is going to add all of them, but it will ignore the ones that you've specified uh, in your git ignore file. 
And there's many examples of this uh, around like, hey, maybe there's a, a secrets file or a passwords file that I don't want to add as well. Uh, you could add that into your git ignore file. Obviously, you don't want uh, any type of passwords uh, going into uh, version control. And there's other methods of abstracting those as well, right? You can use uh, things like Vault uh, from HashiCorp as well to say, like, just because it's inside the version control, it's just pointing to a secret in Vault, right? So when we push it, obviously it's going to push that to the remote repo. And again, um, just because I added this to uh, locally, when I initialized this locally, not from GitHub, uh, I actually need to set the origin. And so when I created a repo or um, initialized the repo, everything is going to be tracked as on the master branch, it's called. And it's the default branch when you create every repo. Uh, it's the only branch uh, unless you branch out, uh, which we can talk about here uh, shortly. Okay. But once I have that, I can push. And it will push all of my files that are currently in head to master. Okay. Uh, and it'll sync that up. So now I have a sync between what's uh, locally in my working directory and in head uh, to my remote repo. So what if I have this production system that's using the master branch? Um, you know, I have this you know, tree that's going along, and all of those little blue dots are commits. Uh, and that's running fine. But now let's say uh, I want to add a new feature. Right, so maybe I want to add a different load balancing feature to network profiles, or I want to add uh, some more code to a Terraform template. Uh, I can actually create a branch and not disrupt master. Because if people are actively using master for their workflow and I'm trying to do something new, uh, I can actually just create a new branch, which is going to take the snapshot of wherever I choose, and then I can start working on the new feature without disrupting what's actually running in master. Right? So all they are is pointers to whatever commit that you branch off of, uh, which allows me to work independently of what's happening uh, inside the master branch. Uh, to do this, you can say get checkout, uh, dash b, whatever branch that you want to create there. Uh, and then when you say get branch, you can see what branches are available to you. To go back to master, you can say get checkout master. right? And so that will put your working directory uh, into that particular branch, right? Uh, and then I can actually set uh, my pushes to load balancer test instead of master. So now when I'm making commits uh, and adding uh, additional features or additional files, now I'm actually going to push into uh, the, load uh, the load balancer test branch, okay? So when I do a git pull, uh, I can update and merge from my remote repository, let's say other team members have been doing work uh, inside that repo, and I want to catch up to what they're doing so I don't step on their toes as well. So I can actually do a get pull, and it'll actually pull all, all the changes remotely and update my last commit uh, and, my last, uh, and my working directory to all the changes that have been taking place. Right? And so it will show you which files have been changed. You can actually uh, do a command that says what is actually changed in the files, um, but it'll kind of show you, just give you a little graphical layout of what files have been added, uh, changes to those particular files, uh, and then it'll actually create those files in your working directory and update your head as far as the, the commit. So this is actually going to pull and fetch down all the remote changes uh, and put it into your working directory. So 
Uh, get fetch is, is used again to uh, fetch the changes, um, but it doesn't actually uh, merge them into a head. It's just going to fetch them, and you can also merge them uh, as well. It's not very common to use that. Uh, most of the time, I just use get pull to catch up with what's happening remotely. Um, and then I can set um, um, my local changes up and start creating and adding uh, change, additional changes as well. So adding code to the different branch, uh, we talked about it a little bit, but again, I can start adding different files. Uh, there's a, a pretty cool Git extension. So as you see, like as I'm changing and modifying files, my command line actually prompts uh, change. So you can see, like, when I created the uh, load balancer test directory, uh, I have load balancer test, everything's green, so that means I'm caught up with master. But then when I start adding files, like I added the, a JSON for a small load balancer. So then I see that I actually have changes that need to be um, added uh, and committed. So now when I created that file, I added it in. So that's great that I added it, but now it's just waiting for me to commit it. And so when I uh, commit the file, I just say I'm adding uh, a small load balancer profile uh, to the repository. Then uh, that commit message uh, aligns me with head, which actually puts my prompt back to everything's good again. Right? So it gives me a very nice local, you know, quick reference of where I'm at within the repo, whether I'm caught up or whether I need to commit, add something or whether I need to com uh, commit something. Okay? And then I can uh, push it into you know, the, the remote repo uh, or set, set my origin to that branch of load balancer test and then push it in there, which will push the small load balancer JSON file into the load balancer uh, test uh, branch. So let's say now I want to merge that, right? Everything, all the changes were good. Uh, I, can, I can say, hey, this load balancer test branch worked out fine, and now I want to merge that back into master. And it's as simple as uh, get merge load balancer test, and that will merge this branch into master. The load balancer test branch will not go away. It'll, it'll remain there. You can always go back to it. You can always switch branches to continue you know, adding features to that uh, and then merging them back in uh, as well. So here I have the master branch. I checked it out. Um, but then when I do the get merge, then it's going to basically align those commit messages. And when it does this, it's actually going to look for conflict. So if there's conflicts in my master branch that are conflicting with what I'm trying to merge, it's going to show you that and say, like, hey, there's an error, uh, and this is where you need to look that because these are, this is a conflict between the master, which is great, right? Because now I can see, like, uh, if I'm going to step on someone's toes, who's right, who's wrong, you can talk through that and collaborate around, like, hey, should we merge this or should we just merge part of it? Uh, again, very simple workflows, but uh, allows just the complete tracking and history of work uh, being done. So replacing local changes, um, you know, everyone makes mistakes locally. So sometimes you got to pull from what's, uh, what's in the uh, remote repo. Um, and you can do this uh, locally by get checkout uh, file name. So if I screwed up my load balancer, uh, small load balancer profile, I could say get checkout that JSON file, and that will replace uh, what's in head back into my working directory space, which is fantastic. So kind of reverting back work. Yes? Yeah. 
Yeah, you can. So typically what you would do in that regard is you would do a get, get pull, uh, which will pull down all of the, the, the changes, uh, typically in the remote repository, right? Um, or if, if you have, haven't done any work uh, locally yet, then you can do a get clone and clone that entire repo down. Um, but if you already have it locally and you want to catch up on all changes that have been committed, uh, then you would typically do a get pull. Okay. Yep. So replacing local changes uh, from a remote repository. Let's say you really screwed up your local workspace and, and you actually have to pull from the remote repo. Uh, you can actually pull uh, uh, remotely uh, with the get fetch origin and then you can reset your uh, working directory with what's in uh, master or whatever branch you're using, right? If it was origin, uh, load balancer, test, uh, then you could replace those local changes. Uh, if it's just on the master branch, you could replace those changes uh, and pull down what, what's locally if, if you've screwed up everything uh, locally. So this is probably uh, the picture slide here because it kind of illustrates uh, you know, the entire Git workflow. But again, creating a, a, a repository creates these, these working spaces. Doing a git add adds the uh, local files to be in a tracked state and puts them in a staging area. Doing a git commit is going to add them into head and create this snapshot in time around what is in that particular uh, commit. You put a, tie a message to it, giving it a simple name of uh, like a change, change log. If I want to push, I'm going to push it into uh, a remote repository with a git push. And then again, if I'm doing a git pull, I can sync down my uh, remote changes to uh, update my latest commit uh, and my working space or my working directory. And then finally, uh, a git clone. Uh, if I want to pull down the entire repo and I don't have it locally, we'll update uh, everything, right? And so these are the very common commands. Yes? Uh, at what point would a file stay in the staging and not be committed? Like, every time I look at Git, it's always like Git add, immediately follows like Git command. Yeah, totally. Oh, sorry. Uh, yeah. So the question was, um, when would the file stay in staging? Uh, like, you know, why would you just do a git add and never do a git commit? Uh, and, and that's typically never. Like, it, it's always that way. Like, a lot of times, um, if they're not in a tracked state, I need to add them and then commit. I don't have to add them again. Once they're tracked, they're tracked. So it's only kind of a one-time thing that, that they need to be added. Because after that, then you can just do commits, add a message, and done. So th they're very rarely long-lived in index. Uh, because at some point you are going to want to make a commit and, and utilize version control to that. It's not clicking save. I would say like uh, it's it's to track it. It's to start tracking uh, that file underneath it. Um, so I would say the save is more on the commit message. Where yeah, the the commit is actually the save and the snapshot in time. Um, and there's some files like if I have a lot of files in my working directory. Um, I might not want to add all of them into uh, my index. So that's the purpose of add in the beginning, unless, I'm, uh, unless I want to add all of those files into a .git ignore file, which is probably not the case. Right? So uh, any other? Yes. Mm -hmm. How do you deal with 
Yeah. Yeah, if like uh, initially when you start off and maybe you already have a huge file subset folder system that you that you want, uh, you can dump all those in there. And typically, I my I get add what however many I want. Maybe it's all of them, uh, and do a git commit. And it's just I put my commit message as uh, initial commit, just to get the file structure up there. But if you do change it, and if you do make a lot of changes without committing, then your git commit. Um, message is going to be really large. Like if you're moving files around and, and changing a bunch of different things, um, all of those are not going to be in a commit message unless you do commits as, as you're kind of going through. Yes. Yes, it is. Yep. <laughs> 